The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, Commercial Appeal Sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer, um, coming to you uh, a couple days, few days after Memphis gets a 44-34 win over uh, North Texas at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, their third straight win. Um, they are now 3-1 and one on the season. Heading into an 11 a.m. kick this weekend, Saturday at or against Temple uh, at re-entering conference play. Um, but uh, it was uh, it was 44-34. But I'm gonna be honest, you know, for a game that featured 78 points, um, it was about as you know, I don't know, that uno- not uneventful, but kind of. It, it was borderline boring at times, even though there were 78 combined points. But um, the Memphis defense really stepped up in a big way, getting two pick sixes, also forced another fumble uh, that set up another Memphis touchdown. It was it was kind of like uh, opposite day. The defense was really good for Memphis. The offense was not so good or opposite day based on what we're traditionally used to. But um, they get the win. Nonetheless, um, they are right on track with what you kind of expected them to do through this early portion of the schedule. Uh, They've won the games you thought they were going to win. They lost the one game most people thought they were going to lose. Maybe the wins haven't been quite as impressive uh, as, you know, they haven't beaten the spread necessarily in a lot of these in these last two games. But um, they've gotten the job done and. they, they put themselves in position with another win over Temple to set up a, a, a nice showcase moment uh, against Houston at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium um, a week from Friday on national TV. Evan, you were there as well in the press box with me. Um, are you more encouraged by what the defense did against North Texas or discouraged with how the offense played against North Texas? I think I'm somewhere in the middle, and here's why. I thought defensively, you obviously love the fact that they contributed to to 21 points with three takeaways. You love Jalen Allen and Zay Cullens getting those pick sixes. Um, Those were great plays that, frankly, Memphis needed, and it showed that this defense is, in fact, one of the top takeaway units in the country. They're, I believe, right outside the top 10 in that regard, and they're one of the leaders in turnover margin nationally. Um, but that said, they still gave up 400-something yards, 473 yards of offense to North Texas. They did limit them rushing. North Texas was great, great rushing the ball. But they did give up 473 yards. But three takeaways are three takeaways. That was really good. The offense, though, I, I was really disappointed by it. I mean, this is a North Texas team that gave up 58 points to UNLV. And UNLV, last I checked, that is not some high-powered offense. So the fact that Memphis struggled to, you know, go deep on these guys, they struggled to really kind of find ways to get separation. Um, you know, Ryan Silverfield, Seth Hennigan, and 
OC Tim Cranzy said that the North Texas basically changed what they did on film and presented them with a lot of different looks. Um, they were seeing like they were trying to, you know, they, they were still trying to figure it out. And I think Tim Cramsey even said today, like North Texas made them earn everything, you know? And so I, I but I did think the offense, it kind of reminded me of that Mississippi state game where the receivers couldn't get separation. There weren't a lot of, you know, deep plays. And this went from being a possible explosive offense to kind of back to earth a little bit. So I have more questions about the offense. Now defensively, I think we understand that this group high takeaway unit, they're giving up a lot of yards, but they'll make up for it by getting a lot of takeaways. And so that's kind of a the new formula, if you will, for college defenses. But I, I'm back to questioning this offense, even though they did run the ball so well. I'm questioning a little bit, like, you know, what's going to happen if the offense has a bad game? Can they rely on their defense to bail them out? I'm not sure. So um, those are my big takeaways from, from that three-and-a-half-hour slog that we watched. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, the, the reality is, the off, I mean, they had six straight punts, and I believe eight drives in which they did not pick up a first down. I thought it was one of the, you know, we were coming off two really impressive Seth Hennigan performances. I thought of the 15 or so games he's played at Memphis, this was one of the worst for him. Like, he did not play well either. Um, you know, I think the offense didn't look the same once they lost Austin Myers and Jonah Gamble to injury, and they yeah. didn't return, you know, and um, I thought the play calling was unimaginative. Like, the play calling didn't help the cause, if that makes sense, especially in that third quarter, to the point that Ryan Silverfield even pointed it out in his press conference this week. Um, kind of call. He said he wasn't calling out Tim Cramsey, but he was. Um, he said, like, we didn't put the guys in the best position to be successful. Um, but... I'm not ready to just all out say the offense is, you know, I'm worried about the offense. I will say, though, I believe this week, entering this week, Memphis ranks 61st in the country in total offense. That would be like the lowest they've ranked in total offense since the beginning of the Fuente era. And it just feels like too often right now we're saying since the beginning of the Fuente era about things. Yeah. Like the attendance on Saturday was the lowest non-COVID, non-weather related attended, attended game since the beginning of the Fuente era. Um, you know, it was the lowest attended non-COVID game since 2017, but there were two games in 2017 that had pretty low attendance. One was in the middle of a hurricane, the season opener that year, and uh -huh. the other, the, I believe the next year there was like a two-lane game somewhere where it was just terrible weather too. Um and so, and you know, you can make the argument Saturday's game was weather related in that it was really hot, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's some troubling signs. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm all out worried, you know, cause they did win the game. They, you know, like ultimately I think if you're a Memphis fan, the way you look at it at is, you know what? We threw the ball all around the place. We moved the ball pretty well. We did what we wanted to do the previous two games offensively against Navy and against um, Arkansas State. And you know what? Hey, it's a welcome change that the offense can ha could have a bad day and they still win the game. Um, and so until they put – like to me, it's if they come out against Temple 
and and it's the same stuff, if you will. Um, that's when I start to be concerned. Um, for now, I'm willing to say, you know what? They had a bad game offensively. Nothing really worked. They had some key injuries. Seth wasn't sharp. And, you know, Tim Cramsey had a bad game calling stuff. But, you know, I I would hope they will rebound against Temple. Um, that That's a get-right game for the offense. Um, because... I don't know if the way they won against North Texas is sustainable, um, even though their schedule appears soft the rest of the way, um, relatively speaking, because the AAC seems wide open. That just doesn't feel like what what happened Saturday doesn't feel like a sustainable f- formula for the rest of the season. Um, and so maybe they can get they could probably get by with it again against Temple, to be quite honest. Um, but it's not going to necessarily work in some of these other games coming up, Houston, ECU, Tulane, things like that. So um, that's kind of where I'm at on it. I, you know, I was, you know, and, and I, I was encouraged that the defense, you know, that was as feisty as a Memphis defense has looked in quite some time. It felt like um, in a non Navy game, you know, they played, the right. defense has played right. well against Navy in the past few years. Um, and North Texas still ended up, setting a season high for passing yards, but they really, I mean, they really, I mean, the best way to describe it is two different times in that game, North Texas had the ball and it was a one score game in the second half. And both times Memphis came up with a pick six. That's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, let's be honest. How often do you see a defense say, go get me a play? Boom, they made a play. It's been a while since we've seen the defense really kind of have to do that. Like, yeah, and it felt like they got more pressure on the quarterback. Xavier Collins was great um, in that game. Jalen Allen was great in that game. Um, it just, they felt more disruptive than they had all season. Um, and I know they gave up some points and some yards, but it just, you, you, you felt them out there more so than you had all season long, it felt like. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that speaks to kind of what I think this group has done under Matt Barnes is they talked about Matt Barnes energy. And we saw Zay Collins and Jalen Allen compare Matt Barnes to a motorcycle engine. And if you haven't seen the clips, go look for them. I'm not going to try to describe it, but basically I asked Zay Collins, what's it like having Matt Barnes call plays on the sidelines? And the best way he can describe it was revving up a motorcycle engine like vroom, vroom. And it was funny because it made perfect sense from what we've heard about Barnes' passion and his energy. And so this defense has really reflected that by flying around a little bit more. Yeah, there's still some missed tackles here and there, but I thought they played really well. And what you hope is the formula can be, let's say the offense gets back on track against Temple. If the defense can force a few takeaways, you'll live with that every game. Like, yeah, they may give up some plays downfield, but if they can mitigate that with a couple takeaways and the offense can turn that into points – you might live with that, which can be better than what we've seen the last few years from this Memphis defense, where they haven't been able to create as many takeaways as you would like them to see. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you look at some of the best Memphis teams over the past few years, over the past five, ten years, you know, like those Nor- that Norvell 2017 team didn't couldn't really stop anyone except they like led the country in takeaways, and then. <laughs> The Adam Fuller-led defense in 2019, that that defense was more, you know, they gave up some yards, 
but they were like top 60 in the country in total defense. They were disruptive. They created, they blit, you know, they'd get beat for some big plays, but they, because they blitzed quite a bit, but they made, you know, they made some game changing plays because of that aggression. Um, you know, you don't need usually now this is, you know, historically, if you will, or recent history would suggest you don't need a dominant defense here at Memphis because the offense is so great. Now, right. If it's going to be the number 61 rated offense the, the entire season, you're going to need stronger defense to win games that way. And that's why I say, like, I don't know if this is ultimately completely sustainable how they're winning right now. And that's why this Temple game, it, it feels like you, you want to see a game where they really, really click on all cylinders. And Navy was close to that, it felt like, on both sides of the ball. But you'd like to see them do it against a, a bad Temple team, um, a Temple team with a first-year coach. Kurt Warner's kid is the quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a game. It's a game that you know you. If this team's going to compete for an AAC championship spot, championship game spot, which I think, I think they could. You know, I'm not saying they will, but I think they could. Like I said last week, I think the league is weak enough and their schedule soft enough. Uh, that, you know, losing two conference games is not going to be, it's not going to necessarily keep you out of the AAC championship game. But, you know, if they're a good team, this is a team they should pound Temple. Like, that's just the truth. And hope hopefully they're able to do that. Now, you know, we'll see. The offense is going to be the big question. Can they figure out what they are true, what their true identity is on offense. It, it feels like Ryan wants it to be this balanced attack that can go run, you know, that can go, you know, sort of ram the ball down your throat in the ground game. But I just don't know if that's what they are. Like this North Texas defense that they just played was awful against the run. And so, yeah, Memphis did run the ball better. They didn't run it that well all things considering they were facing one of the worst rush defenses in the entire country. Right. Right. And that's where I think let's see how they face against a temple team where we know their front is going to be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, you look at the stats, they're third in sacks. They are, you know, a really good defense against the pass. So you're really going to need them to establish the run, but let again, I want to see this Memphis defense or run game prove itself in a game that you have to really win. Like this is a game, as you said, I think they have to win this game convincingly. Like if they get within, if this is another close double digit game, like let's say 10, 11 points where it's back and forth, I think fans are going to be worried about like, uh, we can, we can, we're, we, we can be all right in the AAC, but the AAC might not be as great as it was before. Or people may say, how good is this Memphis team? Like you're winning, but you're kind of winning on the edge a little bit. And Ryan Stillfield said, if you went ugly, you'll take that. But I think this is a game where they have to come out convincingly and exert themselves, assert themselves against a Temple team that, you know, defends really well. They're going to be Temple tough and all that stuff, but they need to show something in this game that says, hey, if you want to take a stand in the AAC, this is the one game where you should be able to do that before we look ahead to Houston next week. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, should be, uh, very interesting. I think things to monitor are, you know, what does that O-line look like? Who's yeah. held our gamble, our gamble and, uh, Austin Myers back. I believe Silverfield lists them as day to day. Yes. Um, 
And I think that's really important, you know, because it doesn't seem like they have a ton of depth on that O-line. Um, and then, I, you know, I think you want to see, can the defense have another, you know, impressive performance um, against an over, you know, a team that, you know, you should be better than. Um, and then offensively, they just got to get back on track. Seth's got to play better. Um, and I think Cramsey as a play caller has to do better. Um, they need to figure out going into the, cause, cause ultimately this temple game, you should win. And then you got three tough games in a row, three games. You could lose Houston at home at ECU at Tulane, three games. You could go on three, you could go three and oh, you go two and one, anything's possible. You go one and two, you go on three <laughs> with those three games. And um, I think they need to find out, they need to figure out once and for all, okay, this is what we're good at. I think they want to be good as like a running, a balanced rushing attack, but nothing so far has suggested that's what they should be, to be quite honest. Um, you know, like you need to run the ball, but it feels like the explosive plays in this offense are going to come because of Seth Hennigan. And I think that was part of why Saturday felt so just odd is because Seth didn't play well. And I think that's really what, you know, as, as you look at this game against Temple, they're not going to do anything if Seth Hennigan doesn't play well this season. You know, like ultimately, like it's just going to be really hard to win given the the way this team is set up if Seth Hennigan is not playing at a high level. And so for better or worse, I think some of this falls on on his shoulders as a sophomore. Maybe it's a little too much to ask of a true sophomore, but like ultimately he's going to be the one that dictates how successful this team is this season. Yeah, I think that's And how true. they use him to be quite honest in addition to that. Like I yeah. I've I've been saying since the middle of last year like it doesn't feel like they've ever truly unleashed him. And may, they've, I think they've determined that's not where he's at his best. You know, he's going to be at his best in sort of a balanced attack where you're, you know, you, you know, cause he doesn't have that rocket arm. So where you're, you're keeping teams more off balance, but um, I don't know. I just think you, you I think I, I want to see them put more on him, even though he's coming off a bad game by his standards. I don't think that's a bad idea, but I think it's going to be tricky this week because I've looked at some of Temple's stats for this pass defense because I'm trying to understand how are they fifth in passing. Um, and again, take into consideration they played Lafayette, Rutgers, Massachusetts. The last three games, they've allowed fewer than 100 passing yards in each of their last three games. Now, Lafayette, I'm guessing, is not a great team. Rutgers, not a good team. Matt, UMass, not a great team. But you know, when they played Duke, they allowed 328 yards when they got destroyed 30 to zero. Um, so which Memphis offense is going to show up? Is it going to be the offense that can be methodical, move the ball downfield, pressure things a little bit? Or will it be the Memphis offense that struggles against, you know, tight coverage or not being able to get separation? I, I, I'm really curious to see because I think based on what Temple stats are telling us, if they put more on Seth Hennigan, it's going to be an interesting chess match against the pass defense that has been kind of. Do so you think this is a week they need to run the ball? I, I think they do, only because if you try to pass against this Temple defense, maybe that plays right into their hands a little bit. Like that's what their strength mm -hmm. is. So yeah. 
who knows? But I do agree with you. Like, the way that they're using Seth, it almost is to seem like, hey, he is the key to this offense. If he plays well, you're fine. If he doesn't, you don't. Find a way to get him going because you really need him to kind of be yeah. the conductor, you know, more than anything. Yeah. No, and we saw in those two games against Navy and Arkansas State, he, he looks poised uh, to produce, if you will. Um, so a um, lot of different uh, lot of different factors at play. I think, I, honestly, I really think the availability of those two linemen could really dictate things because I, I can't emphasize enough. It felt like really just when we talk about how poor the offense looked, things just changed as soon as those two guys got hurt. Like, it seemed like they were finally – they started poorly, but then they found a rhythm. They had a 92-yard touchdown drive in the second quarter, and then it felt like the wind came out of their sails when they lost those two guys and they started having to juggle some things on the line and Seth was uncomfortable and, you know, all that. So um, lots of different interesting things. 11 a.m. kick at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Evan and I will be there chronicling the action uh, for the commercial appeal, make sure you're reading all our stuff over at commercialappeal.com. Um, yeah, we'll have tons of coverage from that. And then we'll be looking ahead next week to a uh, a big game. Hopefully what will feel like a big game against Houston if the Tigers take care of business against Temple. Till then, I was Mark. That was Evan. Thanks so much for joining us. Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.